Welcome to episode four of No Limits with Gary and Mac. I am Mac Irvin the Third, and I'm joined once again by my good friend Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with my man Mac Irvin the Third? Well, you know, I got a lot of feelings about my teams. It's not very positive, I can tell you that much. But you know, we got a full rundown for the show today. We're gonna talk about uh, our biggest snub from the NBA All Star Game. We had the reserve rosters released earlier this week so we'll talk about that then we're introducing another new segment on the show we're gonna go into rant of the week in which i got some stuff to say about my quarterback and gary has some stuff to say about his quarterback we'll get more into that later then we have another segment of the royal check-in where everything that can go wrong has gone wrong for the sacramento kings and then we'll close it out with another new segment we're just coming up with stuff all over the place this one's gonna be called too hot to handle where we're gonna pick out one play or event that happened since the last episode. We're going to talk about it for how good or how bad it is. I think you can already tell which one I picked. But let's dive right into it, Gary. The All-Star Reserve lists were released earlier this week, and a lot of people were surprised at the omission of Devin Booker, the Suns guard. But he was eventually added back in after Anthony Davis was ruled out via injury. A lot of people saying a lot of things about uh, the All-Star Reserve list. Let's start with the Western Conference. Uh, what did you think about the reserve list, and who do you think was snubbed most in the Western Conference? Well, Mac, the 2021 All-Star snub team, that's basically what it is. I want to lift this list of players that are so-called snubbed. Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, I know Max said up, uh, Van Vliet, Tobias, Gordon Hayward, Middleton, Bam, Young, Ingram, Conley, DeMar, and Butler. A long list of players from both sides, and I know the question of the day is, who is the biggest snub? And I think, Mac, I was telling you earlier, I don't really see a big snub, because at the end of the day, I really think what everyone, you, like what everyone says, if you put us, if you put someone you want to snub off, put put. If you want to put someone on the team, you gotta take someone off the team. And looking at this list, it's pretty hard for me to take someone off the team. I know we discussed. I wanted. No, we actually didn't get discussed. Discussed on this podcast because we we're waiting. But I did want Demi Lillard obviously to start the uh, All Star game. I think even Luca, who got the nod over him, even mentioned that himself. In terms of the actual team, I mean, we already know. Like we talked about Devin Booker. I was thinking maybe if I do want to add somebody, I would knock down Vucevic for either Tobias Harris or even like a really a Middleton or even a Young or even somebody like Sabonis, somebody who's really in the playoffs right now. As we know, Orlando's still in the hunt of the playoffs. Sabonis, I think, has his team with the Indiana Pacers at the five seed. And I really think if any team deserved three All-Stars this year as well would be the number one team in the East right now, which would be the 76ers really so i really thought tobias harris you know i thought he had his ticket punched in really to be honest with you maybe even over ben simmons which may be a shocker but he's been doing more to help this team scoring wise and really fit in his place and i think a lot of guys would fight for that and one more player i think i got got has to get mentioned would be on the east coast side no excuse me on the west coast side and really it would be conley Again, like if you want three players to make a team, it has to be that team right there with the number one team in the West. And even Conley said, you know, usually he's on Memphis, he didn't have the seating to get in. And but this time he has, he said he even said he's like, like he said it was basically like going to the airport. Had two forms of ID. He felt like he had the the, the first place, which was his team, and also the numbers to get himself in. So those are right there, those guys. 
I feel like you know should have got in. You know, Young. I thought should again just because he's like you said. This team, this team's really built off of fans liking it, and you know it's a fan show. So I feel like Young could have been a part of it. I mean, that's why I feel like Zion made it in front of England, which I don't think that. Let's be honest. I think they don't run that many plays for Zion right now. I think they're running more plays for Ingram. So that kind of shows who is really the head honcho on that team at the moment. Which, but and I think in the future we all know Zion is probably going to be the head of that snake right there in the Pelicans. So, man, in my opinion, I might be beating around the bush right now, but I really don't have no snubs really, Mac. I think they got it right in terms of all the way across. You can always pick snubs every year, but I think those guys who didn't get get to make it. Are going to be hungry to come next year, obviously. And I just, you know, shout out to the guys who did have finally make a team. Like Zach Levine's been really been hunting at it the last couple of years. Julius Randle's been knocking on the door. Jalen Brown has been knocking on the door. So there's some guys right here who really deserved it. And I don't really want to take anyone off because I feel like everyone on this team deserved it. But the guys I mentioned, I feel like, did have a chance to have their name in the ballot. It was a first-time selection for a lot of those guys you mentioned. Brown, Randle, Levine and Zion Williamson. I mean, for Zion, it's hard to argue when you're averaging, what is it, 25 points a game. It's really kind of hard to leave somebody out of the All-Star game if you're averaging 20 points a game. I mean, and, uh, you know, I'm happy for Zach Levine, too, for him look like he finally harnessing that potential that we saw in his early years and uh, making the All-Star game here. I think you are right. You know, it's hard to knock somebody off of this team because there's just so much talent in the league right now especially in the western conference i mean you just look at the star power they had it was obvious some names were going to get left out but i mean uh once they got devin booker on the team that pretty much took away everybody's consensus top snub and uh i think when you look at people who you who you can make a good case for probably sabonis is probably the main the next guy who a lot of people would say he got snubbed from the team. But like you said, there's a lot of guys in the East that are performing, and it's hard to just pick somebody and knock them off the team. But, I mean, that's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles, man. It's like we were talking about before the show started. It's not always the best players are going to get into the game. Sometimes it's more about the entertainment value of the All-Star game. And that's why that's kind of why, personally, for me, I've always liked watching the Rising Stars game a little more just because it's a more uh, talent team should shall i say i it might be kind of critical to say but it feels like there's more natural talent in the rising stars game and you know it's limited to first and second year players and everybody who's good in those classes you're gonna see them in the rising stars game and it's kind of sad that we lost that for this year but i mean we still got everything else so i guess maybe i'm the only one that misses it <laughs> hold on matt I got oh Wait, did you say there's more talent in the Rise of Stars in the All Star game? Okay, maybe I misspoke. It's okay, not more okay, talent, okay. but it typically produces a better game because okay, you're yeah, more, okay. you're more. It's more uh, competitive, shall we say, than uh, the young than bucks. certain All Star games. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. But another thing I wanted to mention too, I didn't even get to speak on too, is Demar Derozan not even getting a chance to make it, and it's kind of weird because they're the fifth seed. And, and you got someone from the ninth, tenth seed like Zion making it, but you know, like you said, it's about star steadiness too. You know, so you got to give the props to those guys. And I think one more thing I wanted to mention too, like it's funny. I think the NBA probably could solve this problem. I mean, I don't want really to think they think it's a problem. That's the thing. I mean, there's always gonna be snubs. I said let's push it to 15. I think a lot of people are saying it's 12 players right now. Let's get it 15, 15 on each side because there's so many great players in the league. But you know us. 
there will be someone to always find out who got snubbed because there always will be a snub. So I wish we didn't even talk about it. I know we don't want to talk about it just yet, but I wish our man De'Aaron Fox even had a slick of a chance. But it's going to be too hard with too many guards, and they're going to have to have a top seed for him to get in there one day. So It's too many guards, and he's, he, he's a star, but he doesn't have that star power yet, not like the big guys have, but especially mm-hmm. in that Western Conference. There's just too many uh, – Big personalities, shall we say? So I think De'Aaron will get his time eventually, but this year it was always going to be hard. But he is having a really good season. Team, not so much, but we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. For now, let's move on to our rant of the week segments. And Gary, I think I'm gonna kick this one off because I got a lot to say about my Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of media talk, and you know there was a fa- there was a great article in the Athletic that uh, was released this morning talking about detailing Russell's uh, frustration with the team, and a lot of it stems down to he's not getting the input and uh, influence over the offense and team management that he feels like he deserves, and. It's so frustrating to me as a Seahawks fan, knowing the situation we're in. We're one of the team that's got a very small number of cap. We have a very large number of free agents in key positions. And right now, all of the biggest stories that have come out of the Seattle camp have been negative. You got offensive lineman arrested for beating his girlfriend. And you got the starting quarterback (laughs) constantly in the media because he's frustrated with the team. And... I don't really see a solution for this. I don't know how Seattle's going to fix this going into next year. We have only four draft picks in the 2020 draft. We have (laughs) bare bones cap space. It seems like Pete Carroll and Josh Schneider, for as much as I love them for what they've done for Seattle and the Seahawks, it seems like they're content with trying to chase big names in positions positions that they don't need, like tight end. If you remember Greg Olson... I was excited for that signing. That dude was a bust as a Seahawk, a total bust. So whatever is happening right now, it needs to be resolved quickly. Now, Wilson did say he doesn't want a trade from Seattle. He wants to stay in Seattle. So clearly there's still room for this to be worked out. He only he said that if it does, if it does come down to the trade, he'll only accept a trade to the Cowboys, the Bears, the Raiders, and the Saints. And which I have a lot of opinions on those teams as well. I we know a trade to the Saints isn't happening because they're in cap hell as well, worse than us. There, I think they're something like fifty million dollars over the cap. Uh, but I mean, it's just so frustrating as a fan to watch all this unraveling, and there's really no end in sight unless a trade happens or some massive change happens in the Seahawks organization and with Pete Carroll at the helm I don't really see it happening so I don't know what's happening my confidence for next season is already down the drain and I am just super frustrated at the situation but I hope and I pray that come week one Russell Wilson is our starting quarterback and we lock him in to be the star in Seattle for the next decade but Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. I've never been the optimist, but maybe I have to be now and just believe that everything will be all right. So, Gary, why don't you take over for me before I yell my lungs out on this show? That was a good first rant of the week, Matt. Good way to start this thing off. Let's switch to my rant of the week. 
which is Big Ben Roethlisberger of my Pittsburgh Steelers. As we know, Big Ben did had had a so-so year, great start, did not have a great finish to the end of the year, and my quarterback, Big Ben, has a one year left on his deal with a massive cap hit over forty million and it's just not looking right for my team in terms of the quarterback position. And I know a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there probably want to get rid of my man and just call it a wrap. And I think people even other than Pittsburgh fans just want him to get out of there. But I'm going to be here to say let's keep him one more year. Do you know why, Mac? Because there is no backup we have. Haskins uh, no, he could sit himself down until he learns how not to go to the club during COVID pandemic. I don't even want to talk about the other two quarterbacks who basically played shitty, really shitty the last couple years when Big Ben was injured. We won't have a backup plan, Max. So I'm down to keep my quarterback. He already spoke to Art Rooney, our owner. To really, I think he wants to go on a high note. He wants to go not on a Browns loss the way we lost that playoff. He made some mistakes, clearly a lot of turnovers in certain crucial times. I think it was mostly due to him having the ball too much and having too much pressure on himself to make too many plays. So if we can help him on the line and help him get a running game and all sorts of that nature, or we have a good defense, I believe Big Ben can still have a great year for us. Let's rock with the quarterback. Let's let Big Ben pull at Eli Manning. Let's let him retire as one of our QBs and only be a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. And we might as well let him play his last contract out and then let him retire on his own willpower. That's why I think that was my rant of the week on my Big Ben quarterback. Man, were we both wrong? Were we both right? You're the listeners. You let us know. Make sure to contact us at State Hornet on Twitter. We always got something to say. We're bored, man. Come talk to us. Uh, now, now, let's move on to the topic we've been dreading. Let's do the Royal mm. Check-In for the Sacramento Kings. And they just got whopped. By the New York Knicks. Are you kidding me? The New York Knicks put up 140 points on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, It really feels like like a tide is changing in Sacramento Kings fans. I'm seeing a lot of them on Twitter. And a lot of people are saying, "This, this is the breaking point right here. Change has to happen. You know, maybe Luke's on the hot seat. Gary, what do you, how do you feel about the atmosphere around this team. It just seems like every, it just seems like Murphy's law has hit this team at absolutely the wrong time. Well, Mac, we're sitting at the 13th spot and I'm looking right now on my uh, iPad right here, trying to see how far we back from the 10th spot. And right now to even get into the play in tournament, we are now, man, I got 4.5 games behind. I don't even know last time we got a dub Mac, like, I really don't know. Last time we got a dub, I really want to find out. We beat the Clippers. How did we beat the Clippers as our last win? February 7th. February 7th by three points by the lick of our teeth. Mac, okay. I don't like to be that Sacramento Kings fan who comes post-game after we just took a crucial loss. Me yelling at the TV with my uncle and my brother all day and just, you know, let my emotions take over. But... This is the Royal Check-In, and we're going to let our emotions take over. Mac, we are at a new low low. I don't know if we've ever been this low, especially when you see the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, who haven't been to playoffs for a very long time, I think since 2012, 2013 probably. Obviously, we have Lord Sacramento Kings hold a horrible, 
horrible uh, stat in the NBA. I think I believe we hold the stat of the longest tenure team not to make a, the pl- a playoffs, which is a stat that I hope we get rid of soon. And man, when you look at that New York Knicks team, they're pretty good, man. They're making the playoffs. They're in, they have a chance to do some things. So it's not as if, like I'm saying that we should we're like we're losing to a horrible team. They're a good team, but Mac, if a team has a season high against you, season high in points. It's bad sign. If you lose how many games, like you said, we lost in a row. I don't even know the number. I don't even like to think about the number, Mac. I really don't. It's just ridiculous. I don't know what to do. I don't want to tank. I'm not part. I already told you beginning of the year we're not tanking, even though we're naturally tanking. So I'm fine with that. Naturally tanking, but on the court you can tell they're trying. That's why I can't. They want to. Tr- they're building something. I'm trying to build something, Mac. I'm trying to build some type of culture or something. Like I've been preaching to you all year. Can we build something? Consistency, something, and. I heard something interesting. First of all, I gotta say two funny things. Really, the I watched the Knicks broadcasters, and they really disrespected us by saying this is why I knew it was a low low. They mentioned Kyle Guy as thinking oh he was a ball boy the whole game. They thought he was a ball boy the whole game. Mac, one of our players that we drafted recently thought he was a ball boy. Uh, that just shows where our uh, team is really at right now. And really, another thing I wanted to mention was really. Kendrick Perkins said this, and he mentioned that to today on the on ESPN about what's wrong with the Celtics, and I think that can apply a little bit to us. I, he was mentioning how maybe it could be Brad Stevens' fault of why they're lacking and stuff, and I think a key word he used was accountability. And accountability might be the right thing right here for our team. I don't know how accountable Luke Walton's hold this team. I don't know if you've seen the clip, but he was frustrated at a timeout today, and he punched the key, uh, clipboard to the ground, and... I just don't know how accountable he is. I'm not a person who runs straight to the coach to blame first. I always start with the players because you guys are the ones on the floor. But at some certain point, it's like, when are we going to get at this run? Like, we started off horrible, went on a great streak where we actually string some wins together, played some defense. Now we're back down. I know there's some injuries along that way, but it's just like, how many coaches? They were talking about the broadcast. Last night, the Knicks played. Uh, the Timberwolves who fired their coach, they said maybe it might happen to the Kings tonight. It might be a Knicks curse. I'm like, I don't know how many coaches we can fire. I don't want to fire Luke Wallen just because I don't want them too many coaches. I think we both said to say Luke Wallen will get, he will not be a Kings coach for too long in terms of we have a new GM, Monte McNair, and how this league works, how sports work in general. Once you have a new manager, that new manager always gets a new coach at some point, usually. About 90% of the time to get his own guy, to say, I hired this man, I believe in this guy. So I think he gave Luke Walton a chance just because he's saying, I just wanted to give him a chance one year, I think, just to give him one chance. Plus, a lot of money was still owed to Luke, so I don't think it would have been a smart decision. But when two people on this planet give me a clear reason why Luke Walton should be not be your coach, Steven Jackson who is one of the great NBA vets in this league, who has a great podcast, All the Smoke, Matt Barnes, who's from Sacramento, always makes fun of Luke Walton, saying he can't coach and everything. So if Luke, if Steven Jackson knows this, I just got to believe that this ain't the guy for us, ain't the guy for nobody. One more thing, too, before I go, let you go, Mac. If LeBron does not want you to coach his team, Luke Walton was a Lakers coach, why would we... Why would we want you? I don't understand that part. I don't understand why we'd want you. Dave Yeager, we fired. I'm going back far now. Dave Yeager was fired, and we were. That's the last time I felt the Kings were doing good. I know we failed at the end of the season to make the playoffs that year, but it was actually consistency being built. So we just look like a different team right now. I don't know what what the coaches can really do. And like I said, I don't want to basically tank, but we basically are. But 
I still believe my team to make some noise, do something. I think they just need to get this rut to make something happen. Obviously, some changes need to be made. Probably some like we discussed last week. Some trades from some players are probably going to happen soon here. I don't know what to say, Mark. Just deep breaths. Max, excuse me. Smack. Just deep breaths are happening. Just deep breaths. Hang in there, Kings fans. This tweet from Stat Muse really, really put me down in the dumps. It says, the Kings have lost nine straight games. They have the worst defensive rating in NBA history. And they've only held an opponent under 100 points one time this entire season. You know, it felt like it felt like oh, it was no. never going to be a good stretch for Luke Walton. From the moment he was hired, it seems like everything <sighs> was pitted against him. The, it, it, Vladi did him no favors with the interview process he did. I put air quotes around that for people who aren't watching the segment. Uh, yeah, there was no real interview. It was... This guy's available. I'm going to go get him. And at the time, a lot of people said, well, hey, he found his guy and he likes that. But you got to talk to some other people, right? Maybe Luke Walton wasn't the best choice. And then you had the sexual assault allegations hanging over him for the whole preseason and the first couple games of the season. That really left a sour taste in fans' mouth. And then... With the way Dave Lake, Dave Yeager left the team, it seemed like we were finally making some progress. We were finally starting to show a little bit of promise towards breaking into that eighth seed. And then whatever promise we had has just been grounded to dust. I really like that you used the term naturally tanking because <laughs> because I'm I I'm kind of being talked into this tank thing, but you know, it seems like we don't need it. It seems like we're not tanking, we're just too bad to win. And so we will naturally get a good draft pick because we're not good enough as a team. And, you know, with the, with the trade deadline coming up and all that, I just see it feels like a, it feels like a, a change is going to come. It feels like a change is going to come to this organization. I don't know if it's going to be firing Luke Walton or gutting the roster except for Fox and Halliburton. I really don't know what's going to happen, but it feels like that, like this can't continue, right? And looking at the next, looking at the rest, of, looking at the next few games for the Kings, we got the Detroit Pistons on Friday night, the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday, the Lakers on Wednesday, and the Portland Trailblazers on Thursday. Then it's the All Star break. Something's gonna happen by the All Star break, whether it be good or bad. If we lose all four, something will happen during the All Star break. I don't know what, but. That would be unacceptable. A 13-game losing streak going into the All-Star break is unacceptable. And if we are at that point, then something needs to change. And I think it's pretty obvious what the change is going to be. It's going to be the end of Luke Walton as the coach of the Sacramento Kings. Mac, let's try to be positive. I'm going to be positive for one second. Let me pause for one second. I'm not going to lie. We've been playing bad horribly on defense. It makes you shake your head. It's like, how many threes are these guys going to hit on us? How many open lanes are going to have have on us? Uh, what's the issue? You guys not trying hard? Someone need a spark. I, I seen a comment today, and I think it's real. I was, I was about to say, let's be, I'm about to be positive. I'm still going negative. <laughs> I said, one more thing. They gotta, I've got to find a dog, man. we got to get a dog mentality. Somebody got to spark their homes, Whiteside, somebody, Halliburton, Fox, Buddy. Somebody sparked the dog in us, guys. That's the only thing. But I want to give some props at least. Darren Fox, you know, he's trying his best. You know, he's uh, he's top 10 in fourth quarter scoring, so I'm going to give him that. Halliburton's still doing good. 
I'm just trying to name some positives, Mac. I mean, we have some stretches, but we look good, man. We look good. We just have those like today. Down by 20 in the third. By the end of the third, we cut it by five. Beginning of the fifth, beginning of the fourth, sparked right back up to 20. Like, we're there. We make the runs. You just in this NBA league, if you notice all these teams, you gotta be consistent for fourth quarters. That's how you win ball games in the NBA. Consistency, and we're just not consistent enough. Simple as that. I agree with you. We do need somebody who just brings that kind of that kind of asshole mentality to the team. Every every good team needs a heel. Just somebody just go out there and be a complete pest on the court. Talk some shit and to each other. Can't. Something. Exactly. That's I, when Patrick Beverly was a free agent. I was like, that could be really good for us. Having uh, he's a guy you don't want to play against, but a guy you want to play alongside with. But you know, so is life in the city. Or I'm sorry, sorry the. America's farm to fork capital. I was going to say the city of trees. All right. And to close out this episode of No Limits, we're going to debut another new segment. It's called Too Hot to Handle. And Gary, since you're the originator and the creator of this topic, why don't you describe to the people what it is? The Too Hot to Handle performance, that's going to go to... So this Too Hot to Handle performance, like Mac also threw in, and he threw in a new little loop in it. It could be the Too Cold to Handle performance, too. As in, bad day. But I'm going to say, you know, since the Too Hot to Handle performance always is going to be from within the span we dropped the episode to now. And since we dropped the last episode, the Too Hot to Handle performance, I'm about to pour more gasoline on our fire, Mac. Zach Levine mm. scoring 38 versus yes. Our Sacramento Kings, 114-122, shot 15 from 20, 3 of 6 from 3-point land. And you know what? Has 5 for 5 from the uh, from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and just really only 3 turnovers. And, man, I watched Zach Levine beginning year play our Kings, played them, watched this past game that they played this Saturday, and, man, oh, man, he deserved to be an all-star he is someone special. He's not just a dunker like what people have been saying in the beginning of his career. He's way more than a dunker. He's clutch, and he he, he puts some work on us, man. He puts some work, and I feel bad for De'Aaron because he was going that man the whole time, and he was putting in that work. And, yeah, I just wanted to give a shine to somebody who doesn't really get shine. You know, we can name all-stars and all things like that all day long. Well, he's an all-star now, but somebody under the radar that no one probably talks about too much, Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. Former dunk contest champion, Sean he just not a dunker, and dropped 38 live on us in action against our Sacramento Kings. Sad to see, but hey, got to give your props up to him. There was a trade that was talking about it back in the day, too, for him, for Buddy. We missed it. Like, we missed everything. Man, <laughs> that boy been on another level this year. It's great to see from Zach Levine. All right, so mine's going to be, me being the eternal pessimist, mine's going to be a too cold to handle performance. And I saw this right before the show, and I knew it had to be my pick. The Denver Nuggets, what are you doing, man? They're playing the Washington Wizards tonight. They were down 112 to 110 with 8.4 seconds left. They got a rebound. It was a three-on-one fast break. And with Jamal Murray holding the ball, he got Michael Porter and another <laughs> another player, Campazzo, running, getting ready to tie up the game. What do, what do both of them do? They sprint out to the three-point line and try to be the hero and win the game. And what happens? You lost. Not even over time. All you had to do was cut into the basket, and it, it's so infuriating to see that. You see, just turning down easy layups, easy shots. 
it, if you haven't seen the clip, please go out of your way to watch it because it if you don't if you don't laugh you'll cry. It's it was it was a uh, truly baffling basketball decision from the Denver Nuggets, and they have an extra L in the loss column that they could have avoided tonight. Mac, that play right there is a definition of twenty twenty one basketball. These these I always say these kids like I ain't part of the generation that we're talking about here. These guys. Hey, they always run to the three-point line. I don't knock them because, man, sometimes these guys are so good at drilling three-pointers. But like you said, you got to go tie that up and send that to overtime. You're at home. You got to go tie You got to go tie that up and send it to overtime. He had a good shot. He had also had Porter in the corner for an open look, too. Just couldn't do it. I, I, like I said, I blame that on Jamal really stopping right there at the three-point line and not really pushing it to the rim at least. But, hey, you, you learn some, you win some. Yeah, I guess so. And on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of No Limits. If you like this podcast, go check out all the other podcasts on stayhorned.com. And we'll see you back here next week for the next episode of No Limits. Peace.